Now beginning transmission 54. Birds of prey. File under women empowerment. このエピソードへようこそ。サンタン。サン。Each ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。ハロー。
So I that's think a pretty good record. Nice. Does I help that there was like fifteen of us on one team though? It was a little ridiculous. That might be stacking the deck just a little bit. It was a little bit, and that might have had something to do with it, but I like to think it was all me. The only other way to stack the deck is to take your dad and Amy with you and just have the three of you. That's stacking the deck as well. Well, when you and I did it, remember Andy's team just absolutely demolished. That is also true. He was. But, yeah. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Yes, but I think like they won by like a full round and a half. It's like, and in first place by 11 points. Is, yeah. And you're just like, this is ridiculous. Way to go, guys. Everyone so, there is lucky they don't live in town. Randy doesn't live in town. Yeah, otherwise it'd be the um, Michael Weiss Andy trophy. That's probably true, too. So, yeah, so you can find me here on the Funny Books in Firewater. I am in Salt Lake. And if you look around, you still probably won't find me there, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I do this podcast. I go to work. I try to keep my wife happy. That works some of the time. And, um, yeah. Uh, and I am uh, Brian. I am a sound designer in Southern California. I have my contract, so I will be at Lyric this summer. And, uh, we're recording this a little bit earlier than we normally do because uh, this time next week I will be driving to Logan to uh, guest lecture and help some students uh, survive doing a musical because uh, I have a little experience in that. And then, of course, um, our good friend Adam tried to be here, but every time we said, hey, Adam, what about this date? Hey, Adam, what about this date? He had shit to do. Not that we don't love him. It was just busy. Unfortunately, it happens to all of us, um, except for me because I'm the one who does the recording, so I'm always here. So you're stuck with me. Sorry. Uh, everyone else at some point in time has to take an episode off. That's how it just goes. Uh, but anyway, uh, this week we are doing Birds of Prey, which is a recommendation from Q. Q, would you like to give mm-hmm. us a like, spoiler-free preview of what we have to uh, sure. experience here? So, Birds of Prey is um, it's the team-up between Black Canary and Oracle, and um, in this trade, they really start deciding to bring Huntress on a little more full-time, and uh, they're just uh, three kick-ass ladies who uh, get shit done. Cool. That's pretty. That's pretty much what this is about. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty simple little story. And uh, yeah, d- I mean, do we want to jump into? Oh, and, 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 and also, this this book introduces a new uh, nemesis to the Birds of Prey uh, named Savant. Uh, well, then, do you want to jump into grades, and then we'll do our drinking games, and we will just chug right along here. Uh, uh, Todd, do you want to start out with grades? Yeah, for me, I went through this book. This book is. A whole lot of fun. I mean, it's like eating Smarties. (laughs) In this regard, it's bright, it's colorful. I mean, it's a coloring of its time for when it came out by all means. And it's good. I'm going to give this a solid B plus B. Um, I do have a couple issues with it, but all in all, it's a great good time. So by all means, this was not a waste of $10. Okay. Um, I'm going to sit right with you probably at about a B. Um, I liked it uh, well. I thought it was fun. I thought it was well done. I had a few issues with it as well. Um, a few things that I thought were a little bizarre, but uh, I mean, for the most part, well, they were good, and we'll get into those discussions. And Q being dealer's choice, you get to go last. Uh, what is your grade? Um, I'm, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, it is, I mean, it is solid comic book adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, Gail Simone, so even though this is volume one, it's techn- it's not the first issue of the book, uh, but this is her first um, arc, and I think she does a, a great job of, um, 
I mean, uh, I'm kind of getting into reviews, but I, I, I think all the female characters have have a great voice and a very distinct voice. It's not all the same person, um, and I think it. Uh, I think I think it's fun, but it's. So I, I've just noticed that you know in our grades we're usually in like the A minus B plus range, and I think yeah. that's because we haven't had that book that has been so amazing. Like if we would have done Saga or Wicked and Divine yeah. with this grading scale, those would probably be A's. And yeah. a lot of the books recently they they've been fun, they've been good, but they haven't been that okay. Like this is this is like the best thing ever. Well, and, so. and a lot of them haven't also been like, oh fuck, why do we read this either? Yes, you know what I mean. Like so, we haven't. So, so they're just good solid books. Yeah, which I mean, yes, kind of makes the 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 grading sort of mute. But I, I also just I just feel guilty. People have to spend their money on these comics if they listen to the show and if they want to actually read along with us. So I just would feel bad saying, yeah, hey, you should totally go buy this book if I don't really think that they should. So uh, that being said, um, I think it's time for drinking games. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver. For this week's drinking game, remember it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously, and above all else, please drink responsibly. Todd seems eager, so you sounded disappointed when I said I'm going to go first. So Todd, would you like to go first? Yes. Okay, yes, go I ahead. Would. Thank you. <laughs> he doesn't want his stolen by one of us. <laughs> That's probably true, too. See, that happens week to week, and this was good. <laughs> so, in this book, and this drinking game is... The name of this game is Am I Just Looking at Another Booty Shot? Okay. And oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, so it was written by a woman, drawn by a man, but every time you go to a page and you're like, that is a real close-up shot of them in very tight shorts. Yeah. You need yeah. to take a drink. They even pull off of how do we get a booty shot with a character in a wheelchair. It happens. Yep. That, and actually, we'll get into it during reviews, but the costuming on these characters is actually part of my beef with this book. But uh, uh, it's, you know, that's what it is. Uh, well, Q, do you want to do your... 2003. Uh, I, I, yeah. Um, so mine mine is called uh, The Delusions of Grandeur. Every okay. time Savant is not quite there. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah. Mine sort of involves Savant. Mine's called, uh, I'm calling it uh, Unrequited Love. And uh, every time you realize <laughs> that uh, Coit and Savant are just not going to quite get together, which I kind of would like them to get together. I think Creote. they'd be a good couple. Oh, mm-hmm. Or Creote. Who, who obviously has a big crush on Savant and, uh, and, uh, is you know that's not going to work out for him. It, it's a little bit heartbreaking. So but my, it's my other rule of someone had had taken mine was going to be called obviously gay trait. Which okay. <laughs> anytime Creote is super obvious in his affection for Savant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, I mean, do we need to warn anybody about anything before going into this? I mean, I feel like even though yes, this this is labeled one and it is the first of Gail Simone, but it is like the middle of a run, or it's like fifty five issues in or so, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to look real fast. Yeah, it's like it's like fifty issue fifty six. Fifty six through sixty one. I don't feel like you have to to know the background of this. I mean, knowing mm-hmm. who Oracle is is helpful. Um, I think we've read a book that Huntress shows up in. Uh, if I remember that was, that was uh, Batman Hush. Yeah, Batman Hush. Hunt, uh, yeah, that's what. Because I think we remember we have those full conversation about the Huntress and how no one likes the Huntress. But actually, yes. in this book, I really did like the Huntress. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. So and then um, Black Canary, you kind of have to know is in Green Arrow, which 
now that it's on TV, most people are semi-familiar with that character. I, I mean, the, the thing is that if you have just a general knowledge of DC comic, comics in general, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think you need to know every single detail. I don't think you actually need to know the references of Black Canary saying that being uh, kidnapped has happened to her before. I yeah. don't think you need to know that exact storyline, but because yeah. I mean, she's just like, yeah, this happened to me before, and you're like, oh, she's a superhero. This probably has yeah. happened to her before. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't think so either. I don't think you really need to know the the little details of of each person's story. Yeah. Okay. And that's fair. So um, we will take a little bit of a break and uh, you can join us on the other side and uh, we'll get all spoilerific on it. So uh, now's your chance to read the book uh, before we ruin it all for you. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Wow. We are oddly efficient with only 11 minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. The thing is, is, sometimes I've looked at it, I've gone like, oh shit, we're going too fast. And then I'm like, you know what? Something will distract us. And we'll, <laughs> Something will derail us. We'll, oh, we'll, sure. we'll end up hitting our normal time frame. Like, it's going to happen. Like, that's just what's going to happen. That's how it goes. I'm sure I'll get off on some tangent at some point. Or I will. Like, there's. <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean, we can dive into this now. I will say this. I have. Like, I get that it's a comic book. And so I get that, like, it's a big packs, big boobs world. Like, I get that. But, like, I, the first point in time I got really distracted was when you could kind of see Oracle's nipples poking through. And I thought, that's just one shot. And then, I, and then it happened multiple times. And I was like, for women's empowerment, like, that seems a little bit weird. The other thing is, and I think Todd mentioned it before we got on air, is the fact that the Huntress is wearing a costume. Like, she gets shot at and gets upset when she gets shot at, so she's wearing something that completely exposes her stomach. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big old bullseye. Like, hey, shoot so, me here. This is where my guts are. This is where I am not protected. This And this is a discussion that is not about this book. That yeah. is a discussion about comic books in general. Agreed because, completely. Um, so I, I can't fault this book for that because that yeah. is just the way that comic books are. Um, I agree. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, listen, when Black Canary is first, Black Canary is actually wearing pretty much what she wore when she was first introduced. She just doesn't have a leather jacket, which uh-huh. is which what she wore. Huntress, I mean, without without the the stomach window, which again is inexplic- inexplicable, that has pretty much been her costume since she was introduced in the in mm-hmm. the seventies. So mm-hmm. they're not wearing anything different. I get you. Um, that's just what they've been wearing since they were introduced. Yes. Um, a Black Canary used to wear blue tights underneath the fishnets, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it's, it's still tights. Um, so, the, I mean, th- that, that to me is a complaint about comic books in general. and not, And not about mm-hmm. this book and and not about these characters the other, and then the other flip side to that is you know uh to me it's sort of um like for example uh huntress's stomach window yes it's yeah. fairly silly and it yeah. is supposed to be a little titillating however she's also like i fucking dare you to shoot me in the stomach or come at me like that's I, how yeah. that, that's how awesome i am that yes mm-hmm. i can wear this still kick your ass and not get killed 
So okay. I, 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 I think like that's the sort of thing you're, as a female empowerment, that's what you're supposed to get. But when in actuality, we know that this is supposed to be for teenage boys. And yeah. oh, oh, there's stomach muscles. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Well, my, on the on, on added on to that, and I agree with you that that is a thing mm-hmm. about comics in general. And I that conversation is you know a different one that we had in general. The thing I found weird, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a complaint. It almost just ties on to one of the discussions we had with Melissa when we were talking about why the Last Man is so. Black Canary is in a wheelchair. We're past the spoiler point. Sorry, kids, it's gonna happen. So Black mm-hmm. Canary's in a wheelchair. So she is wearing booty shorts and like a skin tight top, which I'm like. Okay, I get you're a superhero, but like, if I was in a wheelchair, I would be wearing like pajama pants and a sweatshirt. Mainly just from the sheer fact that she also has one broken arm. So how the fuck is she supposed to get on skin tight clothing? Like, just the logistics of that, like, kind of blow my mind. Like, that's got to be really difficult to do. That's just me. I mean, but, she's but, a superhero. She can do what she wants. Obviously, yes. <laughs> I mean, like I, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's it's a little silly, a little or, weird. Or, or, or like when she comes out later, when she's in the wheelchair, and she's just wearing a red robe that is barely, barely closed. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, even just looking, just looking at the cover of the book. So Oracle, who is a yeah. woman in a wheelchair, is still wearing a super low cut top that only has one button right yeah. underneath her bust. Like, yeah, to show off right. her abs as well. A shirt that, it, like, she obviously got got from the children's gap, like, way too small for her. Uh, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> obviously a, you know, a woman who is, who is more useful as, with, for her brain and for her uh, strategy and all that kind of stuff. I mean, listen, if you're still hot, by all means, please, and, and hot to you, I'm not saying hot as in, you yeah. know, the, the world's generalization of how to think. Mm-hmm. If you feel hot and you want to wear that, please do. It is just a little r- ridiculous to see that represented in in this book. It yeah. is, and and the modern Batgirl actually is a bit less than what's portrayed here. So if you actually go ahead and Google what the Batgirl run right now, it's it's a lot more. So what you're saying is we have not evolved past this point, is what you're saying? Well, we have a little bit. I, no, I say <laughs> less is the wrong word. I say it's uh, less risque in that regard. I mean, uh, it's but, but the, the the modern Batgirl has things where it looks l- more utilitarian, where she's actually yes. wearing like pants that you can see the seams in, and boots, and you know, a belt with a in a like jacket capelet thing with a. Does mm-hmm. she have the hood, or am I thinking the the TV show? I think I'm thinking the TV show. Um, yeah, that's the TV show. But yeah, but this one, I mean, it's there's a lot. There is a substantial clothing going on with a weight to it, and even how it's drawn, you take a look at it, and like you know, that's actually better. Huntress jumps through a fucking window, and she has exp- like she doesn't get any cuts. Like that, that one's also kind of amazing. Like she has no clothing. It's like you would almost think that like you would want to have like some sort of tactical body armor of some kind. And you know, and, I, and I also think that there is the sort of general rule in comics in general that um, their suits are not regular clothes that they're yeah. made out of some sort of reinforced blah 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 now yeah. granted she does have an exposed stomach but you know whatever but because I mean that's the whole thing like people always talk about um uh you know they're wearing the skin tight spandex but if you actually like go back in the Marvel universe um Mr. Fantastic developed this and it's almost like a little bit of like a body armor kind of thing or um, the X-Men when they did their whole yellow and blue phase when everybody had a yellow and blue costume in like the mm-hmm. late 80s 
they talked about the fact that this is actually like a Kevlar blend, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, and, you know, it, it keeps you warm when it's cold and cold when it's warm kind of a thing. So it's, it's or, you know, alien technologies, blah, blah, Science! blah. Science! Yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> so it's kind of like the understanding of comic books, yeah. knowing that their mm-hmm. costumes aren't just clothes. Yeah. Which, which is why I think then when um, comic books translate to movies, where it's more live action, why they do have a more substantial kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where, where it looks more armory, it looks more like leather or or Kevlar or something like that. Brian and I, we went to FanX recently, and there was a panel, and one of the ones I enjoyed a lot, the panel was recognizing the comics you love that have serious, like, fundamental problems with it and how you can still love them anyways but mm-hmm. still respecting that yeah this has issues and yeah. just knowing that they are there so and this yeah. could be one of it in that regard and 2003 or when this came out wasn't that long ago no. I mean it's almost 20 years ago it's oh it's, damn it. oh god yes. don't <laughs> yes no it's it's oh. still it's still 14 years ago so, I which mean, is weird because I'm going to talk to college students and I'm like wow I just got out of college myself I'm like oh no I graduated from college 14 years no, ago no no the, the, the kids who are just <laughs> starting high school were born when we uh when we you shut college. your whore mouth <laughs> you <laughs> shut <laughs> your whore no, mouth no story will ever ever express my oh. craziness so have I have I told you guys when I went to New York with my friends uh Students, no. no. So, so we go to New York. I'm, I'm chaperoning. Uh, a friend of mine is a choir teacher, and so she's like, "It's always good to have a male go with you, because obviously, because you have male students." Mm-hmm. And I, I, I worked in the school system, so I was already an employee of the school, so it's like quote mm-hmm. more trustworthy than just a parent. Right. So, You've already so, passed your background check. Exactly. So, so we went to, so we went to New York. And, uh, you know, we do all the stuff. So the last day, we're going to go to the Statue of Liberty. So when we're doing room checks that night, we're talking about, okay, the Statue of Liberty, the uh, security is more intense. You know, don't bring anything. Bring your ID, your cell phone if you want to take pictures, and money. Like, that's it. Don't mm-hmm. bring anything else. So we go to this room, and we called them the Pink Ladies. There's these four girls that all were pink and uh, were freshmen. And, They're the mean uh, girls. They're, and, but so like all of their names like Madison, M- Melissa, Ma- they were all sounded the same. So when I was taking role, I was just like, "All right, you four, you're just the pink ladies. Please just stay all together all the time, because I don't want to have to learn your names." Um, but anyway, so when we're in the pink ladies room doing the whole thing, this one girl's like, "Well, why do we have? To, why is there so much security at the Statue of Liberty?" And I was like, well, you know, it is New York, and there is a fear of terrorism in New York, and, you know, so people just want to make sure the Statue of Liberty is safe. Well, why would terrorists ever want to attack New York? Oh, God. And I went, I'm sorry, what? And (laughs) Stephanie, my friend, looked at me, and she was like, oh, Mr. Sagers, you want to wait outside? (laughs) And I just looked at her, I was like, when were you born? She's like, 1999? I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like I, 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 there's nothing that I can say that won't be me choking the life out of you. She was like fucking three, like. 
Oh, God. Well, but, like, the thing is that, mm. I, you know, since I, when, when I worked in the school system, every September 11th was known as Patriot Day, and we talked about Patriot Day. Like, we uh -huh. talked about all the things that happened on September 11th, 2001. So I'm like, have you been asleep? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 to play devil's advocate, I can imagine, like, because, you know, I, I think of, like, the 70s being ancient times ago, but, you know, like, it could be one of those things where if they're talking about it in school, it might feel like ancient history. So it's like, well, yeah, that was like 9-11 happened like when Lincoln was president, right? You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Yeah, we learned yeah. about Lincoln two weeks before, so it's about yeah, the same yeah, time. Same. Yeah. The, these kids are in high school. They should know better. Well, they should, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just playing devil. <laughs> I'm glad you have high standards. <laughs> but, anyway, so yeah, anyway. 2003 was a long time ago. Uh, okay, I've now soaked that in. Um, we're going to continue on. You have made your point. I'm just feeling very old here. Not, not to mention the fact that I went to the gym today and I'm super fucking sore and I'm moving slowly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just feeling old today. So Q, would you like yes. to do your duty? To God and your country, and do <laughs> and do the lightning round. Sure. So okay. lightning round. Lightning round begins now. So this story opens with uh, Black Canary trying to intimidate this businessman. Uh, they kind of get information from him where he's. I'm not. See, I've actually read this book so long ago, I don't remember what it is that they're trying to get out of him. I don't even remember what he was Oh, doing. it's some sort of, like, corporate... Um, he's he's embezzling money, or he's about to embezzle money mm -hmm. and basically steal from so, all of his uh, clients so, or whatever, and they're so, basically... So, so they intimidate him. They, you know, get him to, you know, do what he's supposed to be doing. And then uh, she gets back to Oracle, and they're talking about uh, food and the fact that, you know, is, is it is it for the greater good that they're actually intimidating people before they yeah. commit a crime. Mm -hmm. And um, because that's kind of what Oracle does, which is why Oracle, she sees the future. She kind of like, yeah. you know, sees patterns and whatever. So then they get this message that this guy might be trying to co commit suicide. So Black Canary rushes over there to try to stop him. And she is confronted by um, Savant and her his big muscle, muscle man. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, which they then uh, do uh, knock her out and uh, kidnap her. So <laughs> Savant, Savant take a drink, sees Batman in the mirror because <laughs> the man is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Savant has kind of blackmailed this uh, corporate guy into helping them because he's kidnapped his family. Uh, they broke both of... Uh, Black Canary's legs, and Savant is trying to get her to reveal Batman's identity because Batman told him that he wasn't allowed to be a hero because he's obviously an idiot. Creote displays obviously gay traits. So really what Savant is trying to do is he's trying to pressure Oracle to reveal um, Batman's identity. Uh, Oracle's obviously like, nah dude, nah. Um, she sends Huntress over um, after uh, to go... Um, to go save her, uh, but that's after she goes and kicks this other dude's ass who's wearing biker pants and a half top, which <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But they save this baby that they put in a drawer because they're horrible people. So anyway, so uh, Huntress goes over. Um, we kind of get a little bit of backstory on uh, on Black Canary. Uh, I mean, you know, fighting ensues. We get a, um, so then we see Savant being told by Batman that he really shouldn't be a, a hero because all he cared about was the guts and glory, not the actual people that they're trying yeah. to save. 
Um, Huntress flirts with this uh, car rental kid, which is kind of yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, which, uh, spoiler, at the end of the book, she totally says that she's going on a date with him, which is yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> that was so, the deal she made, man. She was a woman of her word. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, just like more intimidation from Savant. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, the, uh, the corporate guy slips Black Canary, uh, like a lockpick or something. Canary tries to escape. Huntress gets there. She and Creote fight it out. Uh, you know, more fighting. Fighting, fighting. Um, so then Oracle has broken into Savant's, uh, computer system. Uh, she pretty much reveals that he's just a spoiled... Yeah, you know, kid who doesn't want to disappoint daddy or whatever. Um, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when Black Canary just looks at Creo and goes, so does Savan know that you're in love with him? And he just goes, yep. uh, he does not. <laughs> and she goes, just wondering. Um, and uh, so Savan gets mad. He goes to jail. Um, again, feel kind of bad that like he didn't really commit a crime. And Black Canary burns the uh, CEO guy's information. But, uh, <clears throat> so they're all just kind of wondering whether or not, you know, what they're doing is actually good or bad. So Savant is now in jail, and they send Huntress in disguise of Black Canary to go talk to this other corporate dude. Oh, he's um, actually a senator. A, a senator? Yep. Um, again, I read this, like, four weeks ago, because I thought we were doing this book first. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he tries to intimidate her, she tries to intimidate them, blah, 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 blah. Black Canary feels like she needs to, like, do more, and Oracle wants to fire her. Girl talk, blah, blah, blah. They get back together, and they're all like, oh, no, we're still friends, and... Part of that is because uh, Black Canary realizes that Oracle and uh, the Nightwing have broken up because she's looking for someone to spar with to prove that she is able to continue to fight. Yes. And that's where she realizes that Oracle broke up, and that way, that's why she's kind of all fucked up in the head, and then yeah. that's part of the reason why they get back together. So, so then, you know, Oracle has this, like, thing with this, uh, this whole little lovely thing with this waitress and her autistic daughter, and uh, Black Canary is sparring with the new bat girl, and Huntress is being hunted down by the senator's goons. She she leads them back, Black Canary takes them out with her sonic scream, and they beat the crap out of these dudes, and they're like, alright, birds of prey, and Savant escapes jail. Yay! And they discuss bringing uh, Huntress into uh, yeah, their yeah, group. Yeah, Hunt Huntress in full-time. So, I mean, there's not a lot that happens. No, it's a pretty but, simple little story. But, 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 I mean, it's pretty much like, you know, your basic plot of an action movie. Like, you know, there's, yeah. like, this and that happens. It's kind of inconsequential. But action, and then we get into a fight, and then we spar, and we, you know, make quotes and quips at each other, and, you know, good action-y fun. Okay. It is. What I really enjoy about it is the quips back and forth. You really do see quite the relationship between the different women in a lot of ways. So, I think that's a lot of fun. You look at it, and there's that line, um, you've got one asking the Huntress, it's like, dude, so what's with the stomach window? And her response was, 700 crunches a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one's like, alright, I get it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was she, funny. she's like, hey, I, 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 do, I do 700 crunches a day, so I want to show this shit off. That's right, and look at that, and they're like, oh, oh okay. So, I'm my cocktail for oh, the... You beat me to it, you bastard. Is, is called the Black Canary. 
Because I'm, I'm always second because I always forget to do mine first. Because I always <laughs> okay. So, it is, you get clementine, lime, and lemon juice. Shake that with dark rum and maple syrup. And then you top it off with an amber pale ale. Okay. Mm. So it's strong but sweet because uh, Black Canary strikes me as a beer lady. Like you know, she's gonna drink some beers with with the dudes. Um, yeah. But, but you know, st- sh- you still got that kick with the rum and then all the the citrus flavors. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of take a cue from you, and I am doing the Huntress cocktail. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a three quarter ounce of bourbon, um, a three quarter ounce of cherry liqueur, one tablespoon of triple sec, and one ounce of cream. And you shake the shit out of it and you strain into a chilled cocktail glass. Um, I have found a few different recipes for the Huntress, but they're all pretty much the same. So uh, that's where that is. Um, cool. Todd, do you have a cocktail since we seem to be jumping into all those right now? Please be Oracle because that would be so funny. <laughs> I do not have the oracle. I thought oh, about it, but I didn't. You should have. You should have. Shit. Well, then this is called the oracle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this is the oracle. Um, it's two ounces of bourbon whiskey, one ounce sweet vermouth, a half ounce of creme de cassis, which is a great flavoring if you don't know. Yep. Half ounce of uh, fresh green lemon juice and a dash of bitters. You put that all in a shaker. You shake the shit out of it and you strain it into a martini glass or serve on the rocks if you would like and in that nice. regard and enjoy that so it's nice it's dark it's a little bit there it reflects her staring in front of a computer screen all day so yeah cool and to make up for adam not being here i have one other thing i was going to throw in there uh because at one point in time mr crazy uh has the black canary tied up and he's, he brings her food and says well one you know is pasta and the other one is a snake or maybe it's snakes in both of them, I don't remember. So I looked up a recipe for the snake bite. Um, there's mm. a full drink that's called the snake bite, which is basically like blending beer, but I didn't really care about that. But so what this is, it's super simple. It is two ounces of Yukon Jack, which is a Canadian liqueur, not to be confused as a Canadian whiskey. It is based on whiskey, but it has um, flavoring added to it, a lot of sugar added to it, so it's technically a liqueur. It's also known as the bastard stepchild of Canadian liqueurs, so that also kind of fits with savant as well and you take that yukon jack and you add a splash of rose lime juice now it says you can shake that shit together but really do you need to at that point in time Um, so you can just you know and it also does say if you don't want to waste time uh, shaking you can just pour the jack directly into shot glass and add the splash of lime so there you go uh but that's 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 a little extra there for it because it also kind of fit in multiple ways because savant's a little you know wacky Mm -hmm. anyway so uh, Todd, before we jumped in cocktails, I think we interrupted you, or I'm making shit up and throwing you under the bus. Either way. Either way, it's a lot of fun. I would like to say, though, we were talking earlier about the ridiculousness a bit of the women in their costumes. Yeah. It applies equally to the men. Yeah, and that's really true. You take a look at it. Between Savant and Creo, I mean, those guys have more muscles on their weird trapezoid than I do on my entire body. Not to saying I'm buff or anything, but it is continues to be absolutely ridiculous i mean it's fun to look at and you watch everything else but you're like i'd never measure up to that what does my <laughs> wife see in me i don't know uh, no one understands that question not about you but just about ourselves in general so but yeah i mean to bring it around a little bit there is as much as women get objectified or complained about the objectification rightfully so by all means it's every bit as there for the male figure too. I mean, they're all freaking Adonises. That's for sure. 
Yeah, because, you know, bodybuilders always end up being, you know, supervillains or henchmen as well. That's kind of how it works out, right? Like, See, the henchmen I get, the villain, you know, the smart villain with his being as much of a mouth breather as they appear to be. Yeah. Is something else entirely. Uh, cool. Well, I'm going to kind of just jump in with my thoughts. I mean, I liked in general, I, I, I voiced my complaints earlier when we were discussing costumes in general. And, like, that is an, an issue with comic books. And I like the story. I like the, I like the relationship between the m- women more than anything else. Like, I thought that the... The, the, the fight and the, the rest of the plot I thought was kind of inconsequential to a certain extent other than probably setting up uh, a, a villain for them. But outside that, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but like I said, like, kind of a good solid book. Not gonna totally rock your world, but uh, it's, it's you know, it's still fun. It's an enjoyable read uh, and worth checking out. Uh, Q, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, pretty much the same. I, it's, it, I, as I was saying before, Gail Simone tries to make the women distinctive and not just mm-hmm. women but even um the other the other three male characters who are prominent in the book savant creote and oh what the fuck is this guy's name nobody cares um <laughs> you know the business guy oh yeah well, i don't even know what the fuck his name is i mean because nobody cares um nobody cares absolutely oh i haven't heard that in so long <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kiala Settle. Um, <laughs> I, even going through the book, there's not a lot to it. It is, it is just that sort of summer blockbuster action movie. Like this could have been Transporter Seven, and you know, it's it's the same. It's just fun. It's just that it has female characters, and I think that mm-hmm. is what I I liked most. That it. You know, there is the little bit where they talk about Nightwing for a, a moment, but that's yeah. not what this book is about. It's not the girls being like, oh, what's Batman doing? No, it's mm-hmm. just, look, no, we, we have this job to do. This is, you know, this is what we're here <laughs> for. And, um, you know, and, and kicking ass. And um, I think that's great. Um, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that Gail Simone um, took on this book. So Gail Simone is uh, the woman who coined the uh, women in fridges after Judd Whitnick uh, totally fridged Kyle Rayner's girlfriend. Oh, um, Judd's the one Alex, who did that? Yes, Alex DeWitt. I didn't, I did um, not know I that was him. Because so, I, I thought that Judd, hold on, let me let me look it up real quick to make sure that I'm not making shit up. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm hey, sorry, that was Ron Mars and Daryl mm-hmm. Banks who created him. Hold on, let me... Don't be throwing shade at Judd. I know, right? I liked Pedro and me. I want good things for him. And now, hold on, I'm trying to find... Oh, shit. So while he's looking, one of the things I really did enjoy about this, um, this did even a much better job than my the Cinderella book from last week. This is a midstream jump-in. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, and with just... Once again, just passing a little bit of passing knowledge of the general world without necessarily knowing much about, it was able to jump right in and go. And was there some confusion? Maybe, but it didn't matter in a lot of ways. This was a really easy jumping off point. So instead of like, oh, I have to start from the beginning to get any of this, not necessary at all. So, no, sorry, that, that was Ron Mars. Ah. Ron Mars, who did the uh, women in refrigerators. Um, it will go down in infamy. Yes, yeah, and it has. So, so Gail Simone is the one who kind of coined the term that, that um, anytime a female character uh, is hurt, maimed, or killed for the <laughs> furtherment of uh, a male character. So, speaking of that, 
when Black Canary is talking about, you know, I've been in worse situations than this, that that was her fridging moment where she was, it was in a Green Arrow book, she was kidnapped, raped, and beaten uh, by, by these this terrorist group, and just the journey that it took Green Arrow on, and how it affected mm-hmm. him. Gotcha. Was really what that book was about. Eventually, it kind of did, um, it, much like... Um, Oracle's uh, killing joke, uh, her becoming Oracle instead of being Batgirl. It was kind of like, well, they did this to affect Green Arrow, and then eventually it became about them. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, you know, Black Canary, so she lost her voice, which was, you know, her whole metahuman power. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, she she was broken. She had to wait to be healed and retrained and, um, you know, just the post-traumatic stress of being in that situation um, stopped her from being a superhero for a while. Um, so, yeah, eventually it turned into be something about her, but for the most part it was about how it affected mm-hmm. Green Arrow. How it, how it all comes full circle in comic That's books. True. Or the things just get repeated because there's only so many things you can do. Um, another, just I just love this about Black Canary. So, she has this awesome sonic screen. And yes, it is easily um, taken out of because you know her voice is heard or you know whatever but I love the fact that she does not rely on that at all mm-hmm. she's not like a character like Banshee or Siren in the Marvel Universe where if they lose their sonic scream they're pretty much done like they're yeah. out um, mm-hmm. she's just like no I just use that one like I really need to I'm just gonna kick your ass instead mm-hmm. which is kind of awesome about her true because we were talking what book we we're talking about where Banshee I think it's punched in the throat and taken out because you're like yeah it's banshee it happens to him a lot mm-hmm. like oh yeah it was, it was one of the oh one of the marvel books i can't remember oh it was um it was the the x-men book the 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 one that we just did the x-men regenesis mm. oh right okay x-men genesis yeah. okay um uh G- gambit breaks his jaw because gambit probably just wanted to anyway but well, yeah he, he was brainwashed <laughs> at the time um <laughs> Hashtag, so, hashtag comic books. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's kind of not much else to say. About I know it's, it's, which, it's a pretty simple story. That's the yeah, thing. It's fun, but simple. Which does make me a little sad, just because I do think it's fun, and I think people would enjoy it. I feel like it's being downplayed a little bit, but it is again, it's your basic blockbuster. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's it's a downplaying. It's just there's there's not a lot of plot to it, and I think. After some of the other books we've done, you know, with with all the autobiographies and whatever, where there's so much plot, this mm-hmm. is very very simple. You know what I mean? And I think it's fun, and I think it's worthwhile. So I don't I don't mean to downplay it if we are, but I don't and I don't really think we are. But like it is, there's just not a whole lot to to say about it plot wise, you know, because it's it does stand on its own. It does make its own amount of sense. Like you don't have to necessarily know the backstory of everything, and it is. It, it starts leading to something kind of interesting, but also on its own, it has its own conclusion and has a little sort of the end question mark at the end of it, which is kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it is a fun book and worth checking out. So, does anybody else have any final thoughts on it before we go into reviews? Or not reviews, uh, into uh, recommendations? No. no. No, not really. Okay. Anybody have any recommendations or just dying to get off their chest? So, one, one that I've read and one that I haven't read. <laughs> okay. Um, one that I read is the Black Canary Green Arrow series that happened um, a few years ago. I read it when I was backstage during Sunset Boulevard. Because um, <laughs> I didn't do a whole lot during tech before we got into dress rehearsals. But anyway, um, it is just Black Canary, Green Arrow, 
doing their shit. Like, again, it's very similar to this, where they are just kicking ass, taking names, solving crimes, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's their book together, because Black Canary, um, you know, she she used to be, uh, you know, a, she was like a B-lister J, a JLA member. Um, she was then the sort of sidekick in the Green Arrow series for a long time. And then, um, so they finally made a book about, you know, her and Green Arrow um, leading up to their wedding kind of a thing. So that series, it's a lot of fun. I would highly suggest it. Uh, so also something that I'll recommend that is very similar to this is um, uh, it's written by J.T. Cruel. I don't that know is an that awesome is. name. Um, but, uh, that sounds like a pop star. Uh, it is credited that Jed Winnick uh, was one of the creators of the book. So <laughs> kind of awesome. Um, so the other thing that I'm going to recommend is Gail Simone's other book that was very popular called Secret Six, which is very much very Suicide Squad, where it's a lot of anti-heroes and um, villains that are kind of doing that gray area of superheroing. Um, I think I actually have that book. It was recommended to me by my comic shop. I think I actually oh. have it behind me. Um, so again, it's Gail Simone, so it has a very similar feel to this, where it's, you know, quippy, DC Universe-centered, all that stuff. The star of that book is um, Catman, who is a very big bi character, which was very cool that uh, Gail Simone came out with that. And, he's, and he also... Um, so as much skin is being shown by the ladies in this, Catman is definitely a character who shows a lot of skin, um, which is also good. Um, but yeah, so, so th those two books, very similar vibes, set in the same universe... Um, lots of fun. Cool. Uh, yeah. Todd, do you have anything? I do. Um, after reading this a couple weeks ago, because this was a thing, I went ahead and bought Green Arrow, the Longbow Hunters run. Okay. Um, it's from, I think it was the 80s or whatnot. It was with Mike Grell, and it was a lot of fun. They're kind of hard to find these days, but it... I understand it was this mini series that caused him to get his own ongoing series for like okay. the next decade. So um, yeah, Green Arrow Longbow Hunters by Mike Grell. So it's got Black Canary and everyone you know and love in it, and it's got the very classic Green Arrow look. Because cool. that's a guy who's gone through a lot of different looks over the years. That's for sure. Uh, I have been too busy with work. I haven't put in other than reading this book. I haven't. I got nothing. I'm gonna abstain from. Oh, but I will say this. Uh, just a follow up. Um, last week I kind of recommended a movie, Sight Unseen, which was Wilson, which is based on a, a, a book by one of my favorite kind of graphic novelists. I went and saw the movie. I really enjoyed it. With some caveats before I recommend it, it is a very by the numbers independent film. Like if you've seen a couple of indies, uh, especially indie comedies, like it's kind of you know it, it hits all those standard points. Uh, but I thought it was funny. It had some funny moments to it. Um, it's an odd adaptation of um, of the book. Um, for those of you who don't know Daniel Clowns' work, a lot of times most of his main characters are sort of that weird person on the bus that you don't want to sit next to, uh, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like it's sort of their lives and their backstory, and oftentimes the kind of the weirdos become endearing. Like that sort of thing is like a lot of his stuff is all about, you know, how interesting the weirdos are, and, and he does that. And like Woody Harrelson does a great job in kind of humanizing him, but it just uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I just you have to be 
into that kind of thing to enjoy it. So, like, if you like, you know, your indie comedies and things like that, like, if you like Ghost World or um, uh, Miss Sunshine or something like that, this might be fun for you. Um, if that's not your cup of tea or if you think those movies are boring or slow, just avoid it because it's not for you. But I liked it. Um, so cool. Uh, does anybody else have anything? Anybody have anything else, I should say? No? Negatory? Okay. I miss you, Adam. Uh, we miss you, Adam, as well. So next yeah. month, uh, we're starting in May. We're starting in uh, Gaps of Our Knowledge. So this the, the month is themed after there's an episode in How I Met Your Mother where they discuss how there are certain things that they've just sort of missed. Um, how to pronounce specific words or how to do a specific task or whatever that everyone has for like a little gap in their knowledge. Something that they should know that should be generally knowledge but they don't and so as comic book fans we kind of all thought there are certain books that are out there that we feel like we should have read at some point in time that we never have so um, I'm going to give you the list as you noticed last month things got a little out of order just because of scheduling so I'm just going to give you the list um, I believe the first one I have on the list is from Q I believe it was the JLA uh-huh. is that your recognition? Mm-hmm. Yeah so that's, that's Grant Morrison's first run on JLA where uh, J- okay. The Justice League of America was the last book before that. Um, hadn't been around for a while, so this was his reintroduction to the Justice League. Uh, and I know Adam had recommended, or had put in uh, Sand, Sandman. He's never read that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be reading that. My recommendation is Planet Hulk, because I have never read an Incredible Hulk book at all, and that was uh, what my comic shop recommended to me as a Hulk book. Um, Todd's was uh, Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've read and actually is fun. I think we'll enjoy that. And then uh, because there's five weeks in the next month, uh, or at least five Mondays, uh, we are also going to do Fables, uh, number one, Legends in Exile, because Adam and Q, uh, neither one of you guys have read it. Todd and I have, so half of us Shame! It's great! <laughs> but so anyway, uh, so we'll read that as well. So that's the list. That's sort of what we're planning on doing in the order, but... As you know, things change as we try to get these things all worked out scheduling-wise. If someone recommended a book, I really don't want to do the show without them, which is why we're doing Birds of Prey at the end, because unfortunately Q was not available uh, when we were going to record it originally. So, that being said, in all hopes, it'll be JLA next week. Um, If not, it'll be one of those other books we listed, and uh, check our Instagrams and our website and all that stuff. We keep that stuff updated fairly well so that you can follow along with us. Um, And we should know, uh, you know before this actually airs, which one, if we're going to be out of order. So just keep an eye out, um, and we'll put it all out there. And uh, unless anybody has anything else, we're going to call us good. Flaccid! I'm just kidding. Flaccid! <laughs> has anyone checked our grinder account lately? <laughs> she drinks. Exactly. I don't think anyone has to that one up. I think is there anyone I haven't used yet this time around? I haven't used this one. I mean, um, and <laughs> I love I that think... you have that one. That one should be used more. <laughs> I don't think I used that on air. Maybe I did. Oh. I don't remember. So. I don't think so. There you go. Cool. Tangents included. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.